Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Shall we pray? Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your abundant love for us, for drawing us into the life of God in Christ. Thank you for this great opportunity to gather around your word, your holy, treasured word. Teach us, O God, to be steadfast and fixated on you and not to be distracted. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Wonderful. You are all welcome. We are going to continue on our series. Seven distractions a Christian should avoid. Which is out of the uh, book Wisdom for Leaders. Hallelujah. God wants you to see yourself not as an average person. Many people are following averages. And my classic example to illustrate average is like the person that has two dollars and the other one has a hundred dollars. Amen. Amen. If they marry and they are the, the marriage is based on the principles of modern marriage, whereby you are nobody says this is for me, this is for me. You have joined things together. The two dollar one and the hundred dollar one, but Erasmus. $102 belongs to the two of them. And the average is what? $51. So, if they want to find out what is the average uh, income of the two people, it's $51. But if you are the one that made $2, you are going to be really happy. If you are reporting on a certain form, and the higher the income, the better. And they, you, you, you used to report $2, but now you got to report $51. But the one who used to report $100 is like a demotion. Amen. And so don't seek to be average. Don't, don't seek to be. I told you that I, I was speaking to an American who had lived outside of America. I think he went to Egypt or somewhere. He had an experience of Africa and the rest of the world. And so as I talked to him, I realized he's very knowledgeable about the rest of the world. Far more than the average American. And so I said, you, you seem to know a lot more than the average American. He got upset that I, I even compared him to the average American. He said, I'm not average at all. Amen. And so to be a leader is to be outside of the mean or the average. Because most people are just following. And so if anything at all, you know, in this church, like Bishop always talks about what is happening in Africa, right? How certain things are so off. But then he also mentioned that Ghana appears to be among the best in Africa. He said he travels around Africa. But then he, then he goes back and talks about how um, 
it's amazing that certain things are allowed to go on and nobody is doing anything about it. Hallelujah. But why is he talking about it? So that you and I will be the future people who will change it. Because unless you make up your mind that I am not going to be like everybody else, you will just follow the, the trend. And so, and so these um, wisdom for leaders uh, uh, instructions are meant to make us different and higher than the average person. Amen. People are getting distracted all the time. And the number one distraction is the first one is one. Avoid distraction that comes from people who have not heard from God the way you have. I was thinking about that point and I realized that people might be misled or misinterpret that point to mean having heard from God only means uh, an audible voice or a vision that you have seen. No. Sometimes, you see, the, 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 the commonest way God speaks to us is to our hearts. Hallelujah. And there is something about perception, something that you perceive. Do you realize that people who are, who are artistically inclined, who are not colorblind, and who are aesthetically inclined, can tell a difference. When they walk into a room, if the colors don't match, Brother Francis will see it immediately. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's, a, it's a perception. Do you get it? And so, and so, so, so understand it this way. So let's say if... If, um, let's say I, I, I assign a group of young people to decorate this place. Do you get it? And then Brother Francis, he's not part of the team, right? But he happens to have some extra time and he, maybe he's waiting for somebody outside and he decides to come inside and wait for the person. And let's assume for the duration of the time that people are making the decorations. Do you get it? Now, if after three hours, I come, and the people have done a horrible job. They didn't, like, the colors are so off. Okay, of course, I'm going to say, oh, why did you guys do this? But then if I noticed that Brother Francis was here, and they were doing that, and I said, Brother Francis, ah, I mean, you've been here. I mean, uh, how is it that you are here, <laughs> that this thing has happened? You didn't say, because I expect that he, who has insight, into something must make a difference and should not be like everybody else. And so when we say that what God has, you have heard from God, it may be an inner insight you know about something. Do you get it? Some people, when you arrange things and it's tilted, they don't see. All they know is that the chair is on the ground. That's all. So, so, so in other words, what you have, what you get angry about, what you get frustrated about, what um, tickles you for action. It may be you are called to that area and God wants you to, you to use to make a difference. So if you relegate yourself to the background and you pretend and not do anything, you are the same as someone who had a, a word from God. Do you get it? And didn't do anything about it. So I want you to expand how God speaks to us into a broader way. Hallelujah. Okay, number two is what? Hallelujah. Trying to compete and compare. Let's look at the scripture from 2 Corinthians on that. We, we already talked about how the people of Israel wanted to have a king like the other nations. And um, it didn't work out well for them. So actually the Apostle Paul mentions this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 12. All right. 
It, talk, it, it talks about comparison because when you, you, you choose to compare, when, when, when instead of focusing on what has been assigned to you, if you don't focus, are we looking for 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12? Or one of you can get it for us. So, this is on the job training, so allow time for. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's up now. For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves. And comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. He said that it is not wisdom to be measuring yourself by others and to compare with others. Hallelujah. Because everybody has their own calling and has their own assignment. And so don't get distracted. Actually, he said it's not wisdom. Wisdom is to... So we are talking about wisdom for leaders. Amen. And one of the things that... Even a student, you know, student, a student, I remember when we were in secondary school, you know, people used to, I mean, do you remember how much people fooled a lot in <laughs> secondary school? Recently, my cousin was telling me he went to a place and he went to buy something at the mines, uh, one of the, um, I think it was AGC or Boise. And they had a, 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 one of their stores. And one of the guys, I, I won't mention his name, but one of the guys who, when we were in school, he was one of the champions, to put it that way, who, who was the king of fooling, one of the kings of fooling. When he saw my cousin, he, he was shy that my cousin would see him because he was working as a security guard at that place. Nothing against security guards. But he knows that my cousin works at the Bank of Ghana. Do you get it? And when we were in school, those were the guys that everybody wanted to be. Are you there? Uh-huh. So after so many years, it's like a big difference. Hallelujah. And that type of thinking of if you don't know your purpose, then you are likely to want to be somebody. When my, my parents came, uh, uh, came recently, you know, I, I, we were trying to remember old times. And I remembered, I remembered how I worried my mom to buy me a certain type of sneakers. Do you get Because she had bought one kind for me, but it wasn't that classy or hip or whatever. Do you get it? It wasn't a trending one. And, um, you know, everybody was wearing this particular thing. And so, I mean, I mean, if you ask my parents, I wasn't a troublesome kid or somebody who would always harass, get me this. But this particular one, I felt like I was falling behind. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe after they got it for me, it was, it was probably less than six months. It started ripping. <laughs> it started ripping. It was, it was like I was just following what everybody wanted. Hallelujah. And so the people that are able to choose not to like, like, if you know who you are and where you are headed, the thing about that is that it, you will be lonely sometimes. But that is what leaders are. Leaders are often lonely. We are talking about wisdom for leaders. If you want to be with a popularity crowd and not to be lonely, to be, to be acclaimed, then you cannot be a leader. Because did you know that even Lincoln, 
you know, today I was driving and there was a Lincoln in front of me. And it just dawned on me that I don't think there's even a car named after Washington. Is there a car called Washington? I mean, I mean, when you talk about schools, more schools are named after Lincoln than any other president. But of course, there are schools named after Washington too. But the two most popular uh, uh, presidents are Washington and Lincoln. As for Washington, you can't take it from him. He's the founder of the nation. Amen. But what I'm saying is that these people, as much as they are acclaimed, they were not so popular when they were alive. Hallelujah. They were not so popular when they were alive. A lot of leaders, it is when they are gone that people see their value. And so if you want to make a difference, to make a, a stamp on the world, you are going to be, have to be different. One of my kids was telling me, uh, a teacher who wants to make a stamp in the world, you know, it's like, it's like I shouldn't say too much, <laughs> but, but it's like one day he got and then hit something, uh, made a dent in the wall, literally, and, and the, that thing had to be fixed. It's memorable. <laughs> you always be remembered for that. Amen. That's very different. Do you get it? I'm not saying, it, 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 I'm not approving or disapproving it. What I'm saying is that if you want to follow the general mold, you will not make much of a difference. Hallelujah. All right. So, number three. We are talking about seven distractions a Christian should avoid. Okay. Number, th number three. Number one is avoid distractions that come from people who have not heard from God the way you have. Number two, avoid distractions that comes by trying to compete and compare. Number three, avoid the distractions of phone calls. Hallelujah. This, this, is, this is from Michelle's book, Wisdom for Leaders. And I would like to, I would like to extrapolate and expound on this point to make it a bit more generic. And especially also, he wrote this book a while back. Hallelujah. Today, I would say this point probably should read, avoid the distractions of technology. Amen. Because even if you look about, even if you call it the distractions of the phone, okay, avoid the distractions of the phone because now your technology is all on your phone, right? A lot of things are on your phone. As a Christian, the conveniences of modern life, okay, are part of God's blessings for us. Is that not so? We are not against the conveniences. I mean, Jesus Christ went from uh, Galilee to Jerusalem. How did he go? I mean, we know that they were working a lot, but before he arrived in Jerusalem, who did he send to go and fetch what? He sent two of his disciples to go and get a donkey with specific instructions about what was going to happen when we were getting the donkey. This, he said, when you go out of the town, you will see a donkey tied by the outskirts of the town and then untie it. When you are untying it, somebody will ask you, uh, who, who is it for? Why are you taking it? Then you will tell them the master needs it. Okay? He, this was to fulfill the, the prophetic uh, messianic prophecy in the Old Testament that the Messiah was to enter Jerusalem on a little donkey. Do you get it? I can guarantee you, if Jesus was entering Jerusalem today, if he was born in this our era, and he's going to Jerusalem, he's not going to be riding on the donkey. And if that prophet who prophesied was prophesying about how he entered Jerusalem in our days, it would have been a, a, a one of these cars that exist today. Obviously, what Jesus rode on was not a big horse, okay? A little donkey, to make a point of his humility. Do you get it? 
And so, what is the humble car nowadays? Geometry Honda. Honda. <laughs> One of my wife's friends warned her. One of my wife's friends warned her. Because she said she was going to buy a car. She said, I warn you, don't buy a Toyota uh, Corolla. <laughs> oh, forgive. Because she said, Ghanaians, this friend is not from Ghana. This friend is not from Ghana. She said, Ghanaians, you like Toyota too much. <laughs> Amen. So what I'm saying is that technology is, is something God has given us, right? And, and I believe that all truth is God's truth. In other words, the people that invented things, as a matter of fact, in many instances, it wasn't really an invention in the true sense of the word. Because what the people are supposed to have invented already existed, right? Thomas Edison did not create electricity. He did not create the light bulb, but he discovered, you, you should call it a discovery probably. Uh, he discovered the, the way of combining things that we can conduct electricity and transport it. Hallelujah. Because it already existed in creation. Only that somebody had to discover it. And that truth, that even though some of the, some of the discoveries were opposed by the institutional church of the age, right? Some of the, people, some of the things people discovered were, were opposed by the church because it threatened the power structure of the church. Okay? But you see that throughout history, God will reveal something to people and somebody will discover. For instance, you know, the discovery of the, what do you call it? Wheelbarrow. Or the, no, the discovery of the wheel was a major breakthrough in, de in, 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 in development. Because once somebody discovered a round thing that can roll, okay, then another person, you know what, we can put it under a, a box, okay? And then now it can carry stuff. Because before, it was all on people's back. So the discovery of the wheel was a major breakthrough. Do you get it? So gradually, you move from the discovery of the wheel then to the, what's his name, James, James Watt, right? James Watt and the steam engine. And now we have come all the way to where the first computers that were made probably could fill this room, right? Yes. <laughs> But now, now, your phone is actually a computer. And so we are enthralled. I mean, a lot of things that our phones can do. If you tell your great-great-grandmother who lived around 1900, it will be like magic to them. Amen. One day when um, David was a little, the family were going somewhere, and uh, I think there was a, one of these one of these uh, doors, you know, that has a sensor. So when you approach it, it automa automatically opens. Amen. And Michael or someone said, you know what? I have powers, <laughs> ninja powers, to, to open these doors. So you stand there and watch. And then he went to point his finger and the thing opened. And David believed it. <laughs> Do you get it? <laughs> because, because he didn't realize that it's actually not a power coming from Michael's hand. It's just a sensor. And so... Technology has the ability to do things that are quite magical. And so what I'm saying is that technology is not bad. And the truth that brought about the technology, I think, is God's truth. Even though it, it could be twisted to do something bad. So you and I definitely need to use technology to our advantage. 
But the tragedy of the hour is that, you see, all the natural things that technology can let us do, it will never, ever, ever replace God. It will never, ever, ever replace the spiritual dimension. Hallelujah. If technology and advances in technology can replace the spiritual dimension and God, then it is an insult to the cross of Christ. Hallelujah. I mean, we believe in medical uh, advances. We believe in... One of the things that I pray that they are able to discover uh, a cure for in my lifetime is cancer. You know, because, I mean, I've had... uh, 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 people that I know have died of cancer. One person, one lady pastor, you know, I remember we went to a annual pastor's meeting and we were sitting in the same, you know, van transporting us to the airport. Do you get it? And then she was saying, she was telling me, you, you don't call me like you used to. Now you have become big. She was telling me, she was kind of kidding with me. You have become big and so you don't call me. And, 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 and that was, I think, uh, beginning of the year. Because we usually had those meetings in January. And I said, I promise you, you know, this year is going to be different. I'm going to be calling you much more often. And I'm going to be calling so much that you'll be annoyed at my course. Unfortunately, it wasn't even five months and then she was gone by cancer. A friend's sister died of cancer. So, so I, I want medical advances and I want them to discover a cure. Hallelujah. But that does not mean that we should not also press in into the power of God for for healing are you listening to me because the two are not mutually exclusive this one can happen but this one also so so the 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 dilemma of modern man is that we have solutions in technology in the phone and now let's even come close i'm even kind of taking it too far on your phone you want time with god right but the phone keeps going it, it keeps on distracting and then and then you and then somebody posts something sometimes i'm at, at work and then and then and then, and then and then i see something flashing like a facebook something in fact today i saw one that I, I i'm trying to remember i was so annoyed because because sometimes when bishop is preaching somewhere right um you get the live notification from facebook but this one was not bishop or any, anything important somebody has posted like a, a new picture or something amen and it, and a message is coming so these distractions are real and it is costing us in terms of how we need to focus on things hallelujah it is it is costing us even with our time with god are you listening to me bishop says the telephone is a modern day distraction that will take you away from the presence of God. Any minister or Christian who has not learned to put the telephone in its right place in his life will constantly be distracted from prayer and Bible study. Facebook, right? WhatsApp, regular text, Instagram. And this thing, uh, it has no age barrier. Everybody has been affected by it. And it has come to a point whereby people cannot go anywhere without their phone. In fact, if you leave your phone somewhere, it's like your leg has been amputated. Amen. It's like something has come off of you. Amen. Meanwhile, before the phone came, we lived. Hallelujah. And like I said, 
We are not against phones or technology. But now, modern man and the modern way of life is a challenge to the reality of the supernatural. And it's a challenge to the reality of the foundations of our Christian life. Hallelujah. Nothing against reading the Bible off of your tablet. But how deep is the Bible study? Are you highlighting? Because it used to be the physical Bible which you underline, right? You underline and you wear the Bible out. But now, tap, tap, tap. Okay? This version and that version. It's okay. So long as you are you applying the same diligence and in-depth Bible study principles, that's okay. But I think we are fooled in thinking that the more technology we have, the more things we can show for ourselves by way of modern technology, we think that we are closer to God. But the reality is that perhaps we are farthest from God than ever in history. Hallelujah. That is definitely a major distraction. Number four, avoid the distraction of false brethren. We are talking about things that will take you away from what you've been assigned to do. When I say false brethren, he's talking about people who are not really Christians, but they want to be with you. They, 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 they are not really with you, but they pretend they are with you. They are false brethren. False brethren are people who are sent by the enemy to take up your time. Sometimes, even as a minister, even as a pastor, some of them have a nice way of wasting the pastor's time. Amen. <laughs> it's, it's, the person is actually, you'll be surprised that one day, one day after, after many years of knowing the person, one day they will walk up the aisle and say, I'm giving my life to Christ. So that all this while they were not even a believer. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Are you there? This is a major distraction. And the thing is that if one day, one day we had a, a 40th birthday for somebody, and Bishop Doug was there. And, um, you know, whilst we were there, at the point, somebody turned the TV on. And, and Bishop Doug turned to me and, and asked me, uh, what's going on? What's in the news? Uh, and he said, I don't have my time for news. So he wanted me to. And, and then I realized that this person, in order to do what he's doing, right, he has to cut himself off of a lot of things. Do you get it? Now, you notice that even among Christians, even among so-called Christians, there are layers and levels in it. Hallelujah. And sometimes when you are doing something, there are people who pretend they are with you, but they are not. It's only when something happens. And the thing that some of them do is that they waste your time. So it's one of the things to look out for. The people that take all your time, that you can't do what you are supposed to do. Hallelujah. I want to read a passage from uh, Ezra. I believe Ezra chapter 4. We are talking about avoid the distraction of false brethren. The distractions of false brethren. Okay. Ezra chapter 4 and from verse 1. The distraction of false brethren. You know, one, one uh, shepherd, one shepherd, she was, I mean, he was always getting uh, a sister in the church, not this church, some other church. <laughs> a sister was always trying to get counseling and trying to get him to spend time, like a very needy sister. 
And in this church, we are trained to care for the sheep, are we not? Yeah. I mean, if you call the pastor at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m., he's a serious latter trained pastor. They are not going to say, hello, hello. <laughs> that's, the, that's a way of letting the person know you are sleeping. Don't bother me. <laughs> hello. You, you go, hello, is everything okay? You rise up and go and help. But some people abuse it, and some are actually not real brethren. False brethren. Amen. Amen. This sister, the brother, his heart was genuine. Do you get it? And tried to counsel, tried to talk, spend time over the phone. And the sister, for some time, was you know, begging the brother to come and visit. The mistake he made was he should have gone with somebody. Do you get it? So, when he went, innocent brother, poor brother, <laughs> he opened the door, and what he saw was... <laughs> Actually, it happened to another senior minister. Uh, this senior minister, he, he went with somebody, the person who he went with was waiting in the car. Do you get it? So the senior minister, I won't mention his name because you know the person. <laughs> he, he opened, the, knocked the door, and when the person opened, and then it's like, it was like what she was wearing. She was wearing what, something like, what do you call it, a morning gown. And then as he opened the door, the morning gown was kind of twisted a little bit like this. He said, what? He said, Come on, put on something. That's what the senior minister told the girl. And then, and then the person who was waiting in the car noticed something was going on. And then, and then so he came up, and then, and then the, the lady said, Ah, I wanted you to come alone. This <laughs> is a bad girl. Bad, 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 bad girl. <laughs> I thought you were coming alone. Even, even if I came alone, this is not the purpose for which I came. Do you get it? But this other guy, this other shepherd, his case didn't end so good. Like this one. Do you get it? By the time things were over, you see, that guy, he, told, he talked to Bishop. He said, Bishop, it pains me so much <laughs> how I have kept myself all these years that this nutty, nutty girl has totaled me. And you know, you know what the girl told the brother? The girl told the brother after she had finished him. She said, do you know how many months I have been wishing for this? <laughs> it's, a, it's a distraction. It's a distraction. What's your preaching? What's your you see, people, you have, you have no idea. Many people think it's only guys who have bad hey. hey, one lady, she want to do, I think she want to do her hair or she want someone to do something. And, and while she want to do her hair, they, 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 there was a TV there. Do you get it? There was a TV. And so, so the, somebody had put on um, Bishop Dagos preaching on the TV. Okay. As Bishop Dagos preaching, people were receiving the messages. People were receiving the anointing. One lady opened her mouth. See, the Bible said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. She probably didn't realize what she was saying. He said, ah, if he can preach like this, then I can imagine how he will be like in bed. Hey. <laughs> this, is, this is the, I'm telling you, do you see why we always make altar calls in church? We altar, <laughs> do you see why every day we will make altar calls? Because you see, not everybody in church is actually a believer. Many are false brethren. Yeah, they will concoct some story to make it seem how much they need you. Before you know it, you have, you have totally 
gone off your, 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 your purpose. And sometimes, too, they pretend they are trying to help you. Is that Ezra chapter 4? All right. Now, one day, adversaries of Judah heard that the descendants of the captivity were building the temple of the Lord God of Israel. Okay. Keep going. Then they came to Zerubbabel and the heads of the father's houses and said to them, Let us build with you. Look at it. Look, go to back to verse 1. Go back to verse 1. When the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin, the word adversary means what? The enemy. Opposition. Opponent. As we used to say, opponent. <laughs> opposition. Adversary is not your friend. But verse 2, go to verse 2. They came and said what? We want to, let us build with you. For Look, for we seek your God as you do. We seek your God as you do. And we have sacrificed to him since the days of Eshadon, king of Assyria, who brought us here. So, 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 so this is the false brethren. They say, I'm also a Christian. I'm also a believer. Next week, I'll tell you the story of a false brother, a false Muslim brother, who stole things from another Muslim. And I was a teenager. I remember this story. Amen. People who, who joined the church. I, I used to be in a church where somebody came to the church, right, and was drinking from the church. <laughs> when I said drinking from the church, that he was in need, and the church was providing, helping him in various things. And later we found out that he was not even a Christian. He just took advantage. Do you get it? <laughs> took advantage. Of, so that, so that um, the destruction is in the terms of the use of the money. Right. That now this guy has caused the church to divert resources because somebody told him that look just find one of these churches and they, they try to help the poor <laughs> amen so look at it he said let us build with you for we seek your god as you do and we have sacrificed to him but they were lying next verse even as we close but zerubbabel and joshua and the rest of the heads of the father's houses of israel said to them you may do nothing with us to build a house for our God. But we alone will build to the Lord God of Israel as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, has commanded us. Hallelujah. So Zerubbabel, of whom we read about in Zechariah, and Joshua, is called, it's spelled Joshua here, but it's Joshua the priest. Their eyes were open. Okay. When you are singular, when you are working with God, and you have deep inner light, you notice the people. And if you're a pastor, you notice them. Those who are false brothers, you notice them. Only that, just like God. The Bible says God lets his son and the rain to come on both the righteous and the unrighteous. So even though you notice them, you still deal with them and love them. But you don't let them take you on a false ride. Hallelujah. Amen. Joshua and Zerubbabel notice, that, look, you guys, you are not with us. You are not with us. You are not going to build us. We will build out for our God. Hallelujah. And so we need to be have our eyes open so that we would avoid distractions that can be caused by false brethren. Put your hands together unto the Lord. Wonderful. Let us rise up to our feet and 
bring the Lord an offering even as we thank him. Heavenly Father, we are grateful. Thank you so much for helping us. We give to you of what you have given us. Receive and bless it and multiply it for your name's sake and cause your work to increase in the name of Jesus. Amen.